Hello and welcome to this edition of Tech Talk. My name is Nick Ellis, the PC Computer Guy here in Indianapolis, 317-883-7224, on the web, www.pccomputerguy.com. As a quick side note, many people may not realize that we offer remote access services where we can uh, take care of people remotely, so long as you have a working internet connection, um, pretty much anywhere in the in, in the entire world, really. So if you need help and you're not in the local Indianapolis area, you can still give us a call. Today we're going to be talking about the CPU, the central processing unit, the brain of the computer, what it is, what it does, and why it's important to understand the differences that are out there. So let's start off with what it is. The CPU is the brain of the computer. Sometimes people will point to the tower or the actual box and say the CPU. That's not it. The CPU is a chip that's inside of the computer that does all the processing, the calculations for things. The CPUs are usually the most common names are Intel and AMD. These are the things that do all of the thinking, the processing, the number crunching that goes on in your computer. Now, not everything that goes on your computer is number processing or crunching. There's lots of other things that go on in the computer. But when something does have to be processed, it's usually handled by the CPU. When purchasing a computer, it's important to consider the CPU in that purchase because not all CPUs are made the same and they don't all have the same abilities. Um, So things for you to consider. Multi-core processors are the standard today. What this means is that instead of a single, it's a single chip, but it'll have two brains or four brains or even more on it. These brains are the CPUs. We call them cores. So a single CPU will be a dual core or a quad core. What it essentially means is instead of having one brain inside of it, it has two brains inside of it or four brains inside of it, etc. So the number of cores that a computer uh, CPU has is the number of brains that it has doing the work. In older computers, we only had one CPU. It was only servers that had multiple CPUs doing the work. But that changed many years ago. We kind of hit this point where you couldn't really get too much faster in terms of megahertz or gigahertz without um, generating way too much heat and you'd get very little um, speed increase for the amount of extra work that you were making it do. So instead, what they started to do is have many of them working at lower speeds and they found this to be more, much more efficient and this is how we get faster processors today even though their clock speeds are often lower than they were um, for computers that were uh, 8 years ago, 10 years ago or something. So uh, multi-core processor is one of the most important things to understand and the more cores you have, generally speaking, the better. Not everything takes advantage of multi-core processing but um, the computer itself, Windows, for example, can say, okay, uh, Audacity, you're going to handle, be handled with this core. Uh, Outlook, you're going to be handled with this core. So even though a single application can't take use of multi-cores, the operating system itself can assign a task to a core. This gives you the um, faster speeds that you have in computers today. Now, one of the things that I mentioned was megahertz or gigahertz. That's the raw measurement of the what's called the clock speed, how fast it's operating. But that fastness of how quickly it's operating doesn't really, I mean, kind of, sort of, but not exactly translates into speed of the processor. It's kind of like cars. Cars can rev at different RPMs and put out different amounts of power. Not all cars running at 5,000 RPM are going to produce the same amount of power. Some of them will produce more. Some of them will produce less. Well, the measurement gigahertz, a gigahertz is a thousand megahertz, and that's usually what we measure in today, 1.8 gigahertz or higher, um, all the way up to like 3.5, even 4, 4.5 gigahertz is sometimes seen on overclocked processors. But the gigahertz is the measurement in RPMs, so to speak, raw power. But there's many other factors, just like a car, um, the gear ratios in a car, um, uh, 
the transmission that the car has, how the transmission is set up, all of that stuff. Well, the same thing is true. So you can have two processors, both of them running at the same, let's say, 2.5 gigahertz, but one of them can produce sometimes substantially better than the other. So it's important to be in that gigahertz is only a single factor in the measurement of the speed of a computer. I don't even know that I would say it's the most important. I would say the multi-core is the most important, and then the the gigahertz that it's running is perhaps the second most important. But there's many other factors. So that's just the raw power that it has, not really talking so much about the efficiency. The amount of cache, C-A-C-H-E, that a processor has is also important to determine the speed of the, the CPU. What cache is, is kind of like super fast RAM that's attached right onto the CPU. So instead of having to go all the way across the motherboard and access the memory, it has a small amount that's sitting right there available for it to access. It's very fast and it speeds up the processor a whole lot. So having more cache on the CPU is is pretty important to determine the speed of the processor. Now you have these budget processors and standard processors. Perhaps this is going to be the biggest focus of this tech talk. Budget pro- people will often buy cheap computers not realizing that they're getting the budget processors and that they're significantly limiting themselves in the speed of the computer. And then they'll call us out six months later and say, hey, my computer runs slow, make it run faster. And we'll tell them, we can't really, you're pretty much tapped out. An example of a budget processor is the Intel Celeron processors. The Celeron processors, um, initially the way that they came about was that um, they were throwing away processors that didn't live up to the standards that were set to be a Pentium whatever. And then what they started to do is instead of just tossing them out, they rebranded them and sold them as lower end. Um, They were also losing market to AMD in the lower end um, aspect of things because the Intel processors were generally better. Um, They would market them as the better processors, and so people were buying the cheaper AMDs. So Intel came out with the Celeron processor. These days, Celeron processors are basically gimped or disabled um, regular processors. Often they will have one core, sometimes two cores on them, and um, they have a lot of the special abilities that make that efficiency critical, um, those, those enhancements, they will be disabled. Those are called instruction sets. So several instruction sets will be disabled that allows it not to run as quickly. They usually have less cache, and the performance difference is substantial. So on our website, PCComputerGuy.com, if you search for CPU, you'll see the this podcast here. There's a couple charts here with benchmarks. Um, we compare a, a an i3 processor versus a Celeron processor, and the speed differences are pretty substantial. In the in the benchmark that we have uh, the screenshot of on the um, website, we have an Intel Core two. Uh, I'm sorry, an i3 processor, a dual core processor versus the um, uh, Celeron processor. The Celeron is running at 2.16 gigahertz, whereas the i3 is running at 1.8 gigahertz. So it's running slower. The i3 is running slower. But if you look at the chart, the performances you see sometimes double, sometimes even more than twice as fast. Um, the very slowest or, or lowest difference, I would say it's about um, 30% faster. So even though the clock speed is lower on the i3, the benchmarks, everything is at least 30% faster, sometimes much, much, much higher than that. And the, and the difference is because, like I said, you're getting a gimped processor with a lot of things disabled, less cache memory, less uh, of that optimization built into the processor. Um, AMD also has a lot of these really cheap processors, um, APUs that they sell. A lot of the APUs, whenever I come across a computer that has an APU in it, I shake my head and say, okay, well, I'm going to do what I can, but it's probably not going to be very much. This kind of takes us into AMD versus Intel. 
there's lots of fighting on both ends all the time. But in general, I think it's pretty safe to say that the Intel processors mop the floor with the AMD processors. Now, when I say that, don't get me wrong. I want the underdog to win. I root for AMD. And I used to have AMD processors years and years ago. But in the, the modern era, the AMD processors can't come anywhere near what the Intel processors do for the efficiency and everything that they have. In general, it takes... On our website, again, we have a comparison of an Intel um, dual-core processor versus an AMD quad-core processor. Remember, the cores is the number of brains that it has. And in this test, in almost every single category, the A the Intel one beats the AMD, even though the AMD has four brains and the Intel only has two brains. Sometimes it beats it by quite a bit. There are certain applications that you can get more performance out of an AMD processor that can better take advantage of those multi-cores that the AMD has. But in general, for almost everyday use, the Intel processors far outperform the AMD processors. And so this is, again, comparing something with half the brains from Intel to the AMD processor with twice as much, and the Intel still wins. This goes back to that efficiency thing and the design of the processor and not just the megahertz. So it's for this reason that whenever we recommend people buy computers, we usually tell them to buy an i3, i5, or i7. The differences between those is uh, i3s are usually dual cores, i5s have dual core and quad core. The i7s have quad cores and sometimes with uh, something called hyper-threading enabled that makes those four cores appear as eight cores through software, and that gives you a little bit extra boost. So... Uh, that's, I mean, there's a lot more differences. There's a whole lot of uh, subsets of the chips. But basically, think of your i3 as your Corolla, your i5 as your Camry, and your i7 as your uh, Avalon or something. So um, I have an i5 in my computer. It does everything I needed to do. It works exceptionally well. But we usually recommend people have one of those three processors when they're buying a new computer. We tell people avoid the AMD processors and definitely avoid the budget processors because you're really getting some, and you're not saving that much money, and you're getting something that you're going to regret later. Just spend the extra 50 or 100 bucks and get something with a better processor. You'll be much better off. Well, that pretty much concludes this Tech Talk. My name is Nick Ellis, PC Computer Guide, www.pccomputerguide.com or 317-883-PCCG. Pull up again, um, if you get a chance, go to our Tech Tips podcast area. And on there, search CPU so that you can actually see those graphs. And I hope this helps some people avoid buying processors that they shouldn't be buying, just thinking that all processors are pretty much the same. Now, with this information, you can make better purchase decisions and have a little bit more information next time you go buy a computer and you get one that will run faster and last longer for you. Until next time, thanks for listening.